welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. Today, we have a very special person, Charlotte Dennett. Charlotte Dennett is the Beirut-born daughter of America's first master spy in the Middle East, uh, Daniel Dennett. She is an investigative reporter and the author of The Crash of Flight 3804. Charlotte believes her father would roll in his graves over Trump's uniquely dangerous Middle East policies and likely with the current Middle East policies as well. Uh, without further ado, welcome to Politics Done Right once again, Charlotte. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, great. Egberto, last time we talked, that was the title. Uh, but the book's come out in paperback. It has a new title, Follow and, the uh, Pipelines. Actually, I know the new title, and I have it right in front of me. Oh, you okay. Change the, you change the name to Follow the Pipelines, Uncovering. Yeah. The yeah. mystery of a lost spy and the deadly politics of the great game for oil. Correct. Uh, and I think, I think your premise, both with what's going on in, 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 uh, let's say, uh, Gaza, as well as Ukraine. But firstly, let's say Ukraine has an oil component. I think that is a premise of. Uh, of what you're talking about. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, it happens that Ukraine has the second largest oil and natural gas reserves in Europe, next to Russia, if you want to consider Russia part of Europe. This is something that doesn't get told. It doesn't get told in any of the wars, whether it's Ukraine, Gaza, Iraq, whatever. Uh, yes, uh, and most of those reserves are located in the eastern part of the country, exactly in the Donetsk region, region exactly where all the fighting is happening right now. In the now. Donbass region. Yeah, and, and also Ukraine is crisscrossed by a huge, huge number of pipelines that were uh, Russian-owned. And um, Are these Russia still functional pipe pipelines? I believe that those still are, which is okay. interesting, because as as long as as they are, then presumably Ukraine can still get some royalties out of it. But the fact of the matter is, um, the uh, the situation is such that uh, Russia has limited some of its exports to to Europe. And of course, the sabotage of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline put a real dent in Europe's uh, energy um, resources. And that the, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline was going to carry Russian oil to Germany and then be distributed throughout Europe. And I, I think some of it through that whole uh, old pipeline system. So the, the war in Ukraine has caused a major scramble among uh, European countries to look for alternative sources of energy. So let's back up there. Uh, Europe is going to be looking for, or has been looking for more sources because of the war in Ukraine. Yes. But, uh, so which came first, the chicken or the egg? Is the war in Ukraine uh, because of oil? Or uh, g give me the, the what what's your research tells you. Okay, in the, the invasion by Russia in twenty February twenty twenty two uh, happened 
after uh, the United States had tried to prevent the Nord Stream 2 pipeline from going into effect. In fact, the, uh, the Biden administration, even before, they're very concerned about this Nord Stream pipeline system, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. They go, they go under the Baltic Sea and uh, they supply Europe with energy. And it was particularly Nord Stream 2 that, that had, uh, well, certainly the Biden administration very concerned. So Why? it's because it was going to supply even more natural gas to Russia, which already uh, relies on. What did I say? To Russia. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, thank you. I've been I've been studying all day, getting caught up. It's incredible. Anyway, so right after the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, the first sanction that was done against Russia was against Nord Stream 2. It hadn't been sabotaged yet. That would happen a year later. It was the first sanction. Uh, uh, the United States put a lot of pressure on Germany to cancel uh, the, um, the basically to cancel the the contract with Russia. It was all set to go. Last now, who summer. built it? Who paid for building that that infrastructure? That cost billions of dollars. Yes, it does. It it was a combination. It, it was Russian, and uh, there there was some European uh, involvement in that in that pipeline too. And uh, I believe Germany, obviously, uh, I can't tell you exactly right now because I I've been so focused on Gaza. I, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll have to, um, you know, check back on who it is. But but uh, it was a big venture and the U.S. wanted it killed and Germany succumbed. And so that's not there. So here, it, for instance, Germany was trying to get uh, to eliminate its reliance on nuclear power. And uh, when this happened, th th there was a desperate search for alternatives. And one of the things that th that's happened is that uh, fracked gas from the United States has suddenly been shipped in in massive quantities. It's LNGs. Right. Uh, Germany's created new LNG ports to, to bring that in. And so it's been a great boon for American uh, gas interests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but at any rate, they're still desperately searching for alternatives. And lo and behold, who would you think uh, that Europe and the United States would go to? Guess where? I'm scared to say Israel. You got it. Yeah. Now, Israel is not known as a gas or, or an oil producer. So how does that mesh? How does that mesh? Well, in fact, um, around... Uh, 2000, 1999, actually, uh, British Gas uh, was um, contacted and contracted to explore for oil off and natural gas off the coast of Gaza. And the then Palestinian, Palestinian Authority uh, authorized them to do it. And lo and behold, they found a lot, a lot there. So then it became a question of how was it going to be uh, exploited and uh, who was going to benefit from it. Uh, Arafat, as you may remember, the uh, head of the PLO, PLO yeah, yeah, uh, 
um, well, he was alive at that point and was in charge of the Palestinian Authority. He thought like, oh, this is fantastic. This is a great boon for Palestine. At last, we're going to be independent. We're going to have our own natural resources, which, by the way, they have the right, even though they're under occupation, they have a right to develop their own natural resources. And uh, so there was hope that, that this was going to solve a lot of uh, Gaza's problems. But um, the Israelis wouldn't allow it. They said under uh, the uh, Sharon, Prime Minister Sharon, uh, he balked at it. And then uh, future Israeli regimes have prevented uh, Gaza from developing that natural gas, which was uh, estimated to bring in at least a billion dollars worth of revenue. So Was that a uh, billion per year or was that the amount of reserves they well, had? Well, here's the thing. It was total. That the, and they figured, well, that's good. We, we can take a billion dollars worth of revenue. But I've just just updated now. I've got new information. And hold on, because it's it's just amazing. Apparently, there's a lot more under under uh, Gaza and the West Bank, and the amount is worth. And this is natural gas and oil. Five hundred, five hundred billions dollars that's what it's that's what it's valued at so that is the amount of uh, that is that is the reserves under the water in gaza and in the land off of uh, the west bank that's correct what about in israel that doesn't include israel proper the, no, the, the part. That, then there's israel proper it's got another giant field it's called leviathan and that's being developed and in fact uh uh the united states and israel uh, signed a memorandum of, of understanding that uh, they would cooperate with each other in developing uh, these fields, these natural gas fields. And uh, I'm saying this because I just got the information. And the uh, it was actually a uh, United Nations report that was done in 2019 that, that actually uh, goes into great detail on this. So I've been, um, I, I've had to sort of recompute everything, but the whole point is that Gaza is being leveled so they can have uh, security. Security of the pipelines has always been fundamental. This is a result of all my research for years going way back to 1947 when my father, the America's first master spy in the Middle East, was working on the Trans-Arabian Pipeline. And that's how I learned that, um, as he wrote in one of his declassified reports, protection of, of the oil uh, is, is what matters at all costs. We must protect the oil at all costs. So take that right up now to the present same phenomenon. Um, in 2009, uh, the Israelis invaded Gaza with the express purpose of keeping the natural gas out of the hands of Hamas. And then it happened again. In 2014, it was even a bigger uh, invasion. 
and uh, that one killed 2,100 Palestinians. Well, now look at look at the numbers. We're 11,000, 12,000. Approaching 12,000, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is just unacceptable. Okay. Now, let me ask you this because you know, uh, just before I came to this interview. I was speaking to a, 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 an oil executive and I looked at him and I said, uh, you know, I'm going to be interviewing Charlotte Dennett about uh, oil and that, you know, there is an oil component to the Gaza, Gaza war. And he started to laugh and he said, look, if there was oil, if there was any substantive oil or gas there, we would be drilling it right now. And there, there would, we wouldn't have to be talking about any of these issues. So, um, I don't know what you're talking about is what the guy said. That, uh, and this was an oil exec. And I said, well, you know, I, I'll find out tonight exactly uh, whether there really is a component to war. He said, do you really think that um, uh, uh, that somehow Netanyahu arranged for 14 or it's now 1200 for Hamas to come into Israel and and, and kill 1200 people? And I said, no, I don't believe that. But Again, you have to ask, how did Hamas get 1,200 people? Uh, how did they come into Israel to kill 1,200 people anyway again? So um, I kind of kind of muzzle my executive, my oil executive for me. What should I do? Uh, really? Well, I'm, I'm very surprised that he said that. Um, he, he's not going to like my analysis. I've been studying oil and genocide most of my adult life. My husband and I wrote a major, major book, I mean, a thousand page book on uh, the development of the Amazon uh, and uh, how uh, oil exploration was uh, responsible largely for the genocide of 100,000 indigenous tribes and, or peoples uh, in the 1960s and 1970s. And the name of that book is Thy Will Be Done, The Conquest of the Amazon, Nelson Rockefeller, and Evangelism in the Age of Oil. So I'm, I'm telling you, the link is there. When the oil companies want to extract resources, they, what they do is, first of all, they send in missionaries. That's the peaceful way to do it. The miss missionaries are, tr are supposed to pacify the people. And when that doesn't work, nastier things happen which we documented in this book, which has been called an anatomy of conquest. You can, you can apply the, the, the main uh, principles of how you conquer to most parts of the world, which I then ended up doing uh, with regard to the Middle East. So um, now you look at what the situation is in uh, Gaza. First of all, the idea that the Israeli uh, much-vaunted security services did not know that there was uh, going to be an attack, has come under scrutiny now, as it should. Well, Haaretz has actually uh, has really did a, did a lot of writing about that. The, the Israeli, uh, one of the major Israeli rags, I think it's called Haaretz, right? Yes, that, Haaretz. Yeah. That's, a, that's sort of the progressive uh, Israeli newspaper, yes. And and they pretty much came and called out Netanyahu as, as indirectly funding Hamas, which would... Uh, uh, I am just surprised that it hasn't had much more traction than it had. Well, the funding of Haaretz, the reason for that, that happened um, in uh, 2005 after uh, Israeli forces withdrew from Gaza. But the whole point is there's actual documentation 
that uh, the reason that they did that, why why the decision was made to fund our, um, Hamas. Hamas, was to divide it, divide right. it, divide it from the Palestinian Authority, and that way they could say that uh, we don't want this terrorist organization to have access to that natural gas that's right off the shores of, of Gaza. So um, that was uh, the reason. And it's been documented that these, uh, these two invasions, the whole purpose was to wipe out Hamas and prevent the Palestinians from getting these gas reserves because the Israelis argued that it would go towards funding terrorists. You see, they keep using this argument. Well, but I, mean, I, w- yeah, I, mean, I, I, you know, I just want for the audience listening here, because I want to make a categorical statement as an engineer, I'm a numbers person. If you look at the amount of buildings destroyed in, in uh, Gaza and the amount of buildings destroyed in Israel, the amount of people killed in Gaza and the amount of people killed in Israel in this war, in, in this war, where both parties have some sort of a, a, a of a culpability. I think uh, it's hard to define Hamas as the sole terrorist in this whole action. I just want to lay that out. Continue, please. I, I'm sorry, I didn't quite say that you said Hamas. What? I, I didn't I, quite I, hear. I, I, I couldn't. I could not say that the only terrorist involved here <laughs> is Hamas, because yeah. if we look at the of dead people and destroyed property. I am sorry. Uh, my eyes are not deceiving me. Continue, yeah. please. Well, nobody's eyes are, are deceiving them, but some people don't want don't want to look at what was the obvious. This was an entirely disproportionate attack, uh, and um, it it was collective punishment. That's something Israel has done many many times. Um, it you know there'll be a, uh, Palestinians will will attack some small area and previously and then Israel come back and destroy homes i mean that's what it's been doing for for decades it, and then it's a tragic story and when you, when you complain about it uh, some would want to use the the, the anti-semitic theory well, yep. what i've said on my program is we will not allow that, that deception to continue we love our jewish brothers and sisters we will not allow any israeli uh, terrorists to actually uh, try to assume that anybody on my program is an anti-Semitic person because that will not be the case. But we do not support the deaths of thousands of innocent people and the destructions of billions in infrastructure that they don't intend to repay to continue. Um, Charlotte, uh, in as much as we speak about uh, the oil component, the petrol component, of the war in Gaza that many want to dismiss. There's yet more. I've uh, I've read, and I don't know, I've, I've, I've read a whole lot of conspiracy theories. And I said, since I'm going to have the expert on pipelines with me, that I probably should ask this as well. There is this canal that been thought of now for many, many years, supposedly to rival the Swiss Canal. In other words, no longer would we depend on the Arabs for a sea level canal to connect uh, these two bodies of water. We will now pass it through that friendly country, that little country of Israel. Is there anything to the war and the canal? Absolutely. 
because the canal is uh, planned to start at the tip of Gaza, uh, the northern tip of Gaza. And then it, it, it's the plan. And I, I've heard that they've already started working on it, although I'm not sure how they could if it's if they're starting in northern Gaza, where all the fighting is going on right now. But it helps sort of kind of explain why they've leveled that whole area. Anyway, yeah, it's to run there and it's to go all the way down, down through Israel to the what's called the Gulf of Aqaba, right. which you've got to look at a map to see it. It's but, a very but, small area where Israel has uh, has a coastline. Yes, it has a coastline, and so does Jordan. Uh, and then that area connects to the Red Sea, which is very important for, right. for shipping oil. But here's the interesting thing, too. It also is going to connect with Saudi Arabia's futuristic neon uh, this is this new high-tech city that Saudi Arabia is building. And, and so this sort of explains why Israel and Saudi Arabia were, were going to further the normalization of their relations. So what this is, is it, it's a giant infrastructure project that is backed by the United States and uh, and obviously Saudi Arabia. And so so some people are saying, gee, it must have been this uh, normalization that got Hamas going. Well, my guess is that uh, they knew that they, they were done. I mean, once you got these huge, powerful corporations, and they're not just oil companies, of course, they're high tech. Um, once they, they get working on this new supposedly a wonderful development program that's going to bring peace to the Middle East. They knew that that it was all over for them. Now, there's another component, the uh, the great game for oil, which is the subtitle of my book. You can be sure that the Russians and the Chinese are watching this very carefully, too. And some are saying that even Rush, the Russians were behind the Hamas attack. I, You know, I don't know if that's true, but the fact is, uh, I think I, I just read today that uh, the Chinese were, were interested in wh what's going on in NEOM. And uh, there, there may be some high tech uh, deals and cooperation that are going on. So then you're wondering, why is China meeting with I mean, China's Xi is meeting with Biden right now. You can be sure they're talking about all of these events uh, that are happening, you know, in Gaza and then going down to this canal. The canal thing was the, the canal project was considered, whoa, I don't know, decades ago. Actually, in the 40s, I believe, late 40s, right after the inception of Israel, as I understand it. Yeah. It and, was discussed. And then it was shelved. What, what brought it to the fore, supposedly, was the fact that a big tanker got stuck in the Suez Canal. Exactly. I think that was and about a year ago. Shipping. It, and shut, it down shut it shipping. down. Right. So, so anyway, so now it, it's it's back on the uh, back on the books, and um, that I think that would also explain why. Israel wants to flatten Gaza, you know, it's, oh God, this is so you, sickening. You know, just... uh, uh, when I when I listen to all these stories, right, and uh, you realize, you know, I, I I talk a lot about the corporations and countries. And yeah. I, 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 I speak about 
there's no real countries anymore. It's all a corporate driven world. And, and, and everything about countries are used as pawns for companies to be able to get things done. Here you talk about Saudi Arabia getting into good grace with Israel. Yeah. Uh, and you wonder, we thought there were some religious conflicts there and all of that, but the mighty, the mighty uh, financial dollar is more important than anything else. So, I mean, oh my I, God! Yeah, uh, here's here's an irony for you, Alberto. That um, in 1943, when uh, the the Holocaust, the horrors were becoming known to the United States, uh, there was a question about whether U.S. Air Force would bomb the killing machines, the gas chambers, and Auschwitz. And um, a determination was made by John J. McCloy, who was uh, in, in charge of the uh, armed forces. Um, and he decided, no, that, um, that Auschwitz would not be bombed. And, and by the way, the people in Auschwitz wanted it. They thought they were going to die anyway, but they thought it would destroy the killing machines. He said no, uh, because it would d divert the uh, Air Force away from IG Farben. Well, it turns out that was a complete lie because IG Farben is very close to Auschwitz. It, would, it wouldn't have been a diversion. If the killing machines had been destroyed, then thousands of Jews could have escaped to Palestine. They would have gone down. The, it was no. They would have gone down to um, through Turkey to Palestine, and it was known by some of the Jewish survivors because they were the first to carry signs saying "No blood for oil." Little fact that's not well known. But anyway, um, Charlotte, um, I think. What you're doing here by presenting the, the oil component, and notice that I said component, because a lot of these um, a lot of these actions have, in fact, many many components of which it, it is almost like kill one uh, kill as many birds with one stone. This one Israeli war is probably going to accomplish quite a bit, both in the oil domain and otherwise. So let's continue with um, what else you have found uh, as far as the tragedy of this war. Well, again, I was saying, um, I think we have to look very carefully at this claim that uh, that Israel was caught by surprise. I already know, and I've researched this, uh, the Egyptian uh, intelligence warned Israel. Egyptian is, the Egyptians are, are watching this all very closely. Uh, they, they are in proximity to right. uh, the Eastern Mediterranean there. So they've got people, they've got informers in there, sort of the Israelis. And, and to say that they, they didn't know this was going to happen, you know, it stretches credulity. I really believe that. So then you have to ask yourself, uh, you know, the Israelis wanted to destroy Hamas in two other wars, which were horrific, in 2009 and 2014. So, hey, um, I mean, people are asking this. Didn't Netanyahu let this happen? So he has the pretext to go in once and for all and totally destroy Hamas and the people there. People are starting to ask this, and I think they should be asking it. 
um, because uh, it was horrendous what happened to, to the Israelis. I condemn that. But at the same time, um, it just seems like uh, this fits in very nicely for Netanyahu, who is very unpopular, by the way. Can we forget all those massive demonstrations that just happened uh, several months earlier about the, uh, how Netanyahu was trying to change the judiciary? And, and part of that was to not allow uh, more settlements encroaching on uh, the West Bank, for instance. And there have been more attacks on the West Bank, by the way. So um, and then there were all these protests. I mean, a lot of the Israelis uh, worried about their democracy, but there were other um, Israelis that were also worried about uh, what this fascist mm-hmm. is a fascist. All right. And, and that's what's so appalling about this. This fascist is being allowed to commit genocide. That is well, what it is. And it is it is the definition of genocide. When you target an ethnic group and you want to drive them off their land, you want to kill them, you want to prevent them from having their um, their medicine, their food, their fuel. This is just appalling what we're watching on t- TV. And it doesn't help the Jews. At all. No, I mean, and I, again, I, I, that's why in, information is so important. And I, I think uh, it is time as well to uh, to show that what Netanyahu is doing is no different than what he's accusing Hamas of doing. I think we have to go into uh, telling this story with open eyes. I just think it's important and I'm glad that you have relayed the story with regards to uh, what the financial aspect, the petro aspect of it is, but also there's a human aspect that has to be uh, has to be taken into account as well. Okay, Charlotte, let me ask you, um, where do we go from here as far as exposing uh, what you found in uh, as as you talk about follow the pipelines? Uh, Thank you. I I just want to say one other thing. I am greatly heartened. That, that Jewish Voice for Peace uh, has come out in great numbers and protested. Uh, both They're doing it here in Vermont. They're doing it in Washington, D.C., and New York. Oh, my God. It's so important that they, they dispel the years of, of propaganda uh, that, that Israel has very successfully used. Um, to hoodwink people, including the Jewish people. So they are brave. I stand with them. I think people should support them wholeheartedly. And uh, what can people do to find out more? Well, I can barely keep up with it. Uh, but I do have a uh, website that's also called Follow the Pipelines. I would really encourage people um, to get my book. I, I normally don't. You know, I don't make a lot of money in this because I'm, I'm writing truth to power, quite frankly. When you write about oil, boy, <laughs> it's difficult. But, uh, but I, I now urge people, uh, you can get it at Amazon.com. Uh, I'll have uh, a link to it in, in, in the blog post that corresponds it, to this show. But yes, sure. it's on Amazon and it's called Follow the Pipelines, Uncovering the Mystery of, of a Last Fi and the Deadly Politics of the Great a game of oil by Charlotte Dennett. It's an important book to get. Uh, this is the second time that we are going over this book. This is, I think, what your second or third edition of the book, or 
No, it's the paperback edition. You know, it really suffered when it came out during COVID. And that's yeah. when we finally decided, all right, we're going to put it in paperback and give it a different title. Um, but, um, yeah, it's important because it doesn't just cover this. It covers the war in Iraq, at Afghanistan. I, I, I have 10 pipeline maps. And uh, they all help explain these these endless wars that I, are going on. I, I trust that your website has the updated because the information just keep coming and you don't know what what's going to happen in Gaza in the next two weeks, oh. which you, you may have to update your website for stuff not covered in your book. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> uh, look, Charlotte, um, uh, author of Follow the Pipelines, it's been my pleasure to speak to you. And I, I, I want folks to be more aware. These are voices that need to be heard. Your, your voice, many voices like yours, are important that we get it out right now and do it without fear. Because right now, what's occurring in our country is too many people are quiet. Too many people are scared to come and speak the truth. Because speaking the truth means you're going to be called a whole lot. Uh, you're going to be misrepresented. But Thank that's, you, Egberto. It's very what, important. But we have to get the truth out. So what my feeling is, we got to look at this whole thing differently. We cannot look anymore as Arabs versus Jews. The Armenians, I document this, they right. were they were victims. The, the Jews, the Arabs, and now all of us because of climate change. Who has brought us but these horrible climate you know what, disasters? You know what is that? You know what is the most scary statement of all of this? That where we are still fighting about this polluted, pollution, polluted, polluting uh, substance. It's still we're still warring about it, which it almost tells me that uh, if uh, these corporations have their way. There's no time soon that we are going to be getting off of these types of uh, fossil fuels and that right now it's a facade. All the green energy that they talk about, about BP, beyond petroleum, <laughs> all these things are nothing more than jokes. Oh, it's sad. It's so sad. Yes, it's true because the, the, the drilling is continuing. Right. It's going on more than ever. And and how many more climate disasters do we need? I mean, these people are going to destroy the planet and they're going to destroy all of us. Somehow they've got to be stopped. And it's going to take a massive amount of uh, citizen uh, protests it's to have that happen. People. So I, I, I really wanted to make sure that you had your say. So thank you so kindly, Charlotte Dennett, author of Follow the Pipelines, for having been on politics done right. Thank you, Alberto. Hopefully we'll get to peace. <laughs> I agree. It's going to take people being aware, intelligent. Yeah. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you so much, Egbert. You're doing important work. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know.
is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.